Welcome to The Neighborhood, a Mr. Rogers tribute podcast. I'm your host, Rick Lee James, and I am so glad that you can be here with us today for a very special bonus episode of the podcast. You know, usually on Welcome to the Neighborhood, we focus in on a different theme of Fred Rogers' life. But today, we're going to be focusing in on one of my very favorite subjects, the music of Fred Rogers. There's a wonderful new album called Thank You, Mr. Rogers, Music and Memories, where Fred Rogers' songs are being performed by award-winning artists. And we're going to be having some visits today with many of these award-winning artists. Today you'll get to hear from Jackie Velasquez, from Tom Bergeron, from Lee Greenwood, from John Cicada, and even the producer of this album, Dennis Scott. This album is amazing. It's a very, very special compilation album, and I just can't wait to share some of the music and some of the great conversations that I was able to have with these amazing people. Not only are they wonderful artists, and not only do they all have unique skills in the various things that they do, but they are just wonderful people. And it was a real honor to be able to schedule some time for a visit with each of them. So sit back today and enjoy this very special musical edition bonus podcast of Welcome to the Neighborhood, a Mr. Rogers musical tribute podcast. For the past 20 years, Dennis Scott has been writing and producing original music and songs for television, recordings, video, radio, and theatrical events. He is the recipient of a Grammy, an Emmy, and the Parents' Choice Award. His songs have been recorded by artists such as Ray Charles, Faith Hill, Crystal Gale, the Charlie Daniels Band, Kathy Lee Gifford, Glenn Campbell, Tanya Tucker, Loretta Lynn, The Muppets, and many more. He's the producer of the new album, Thank You, Mr. Rogers, Music and Memories. Dennis Scott, welcome to the neighborhood. Thank you. Glad to be here. (laughs) You know, as I was looking at your website, before we get into anything too in-depth about uh, the album itself, uh, I went to DennisScott.net, and I see that it appears you are the owner of a, a Shih Tzu dog, and I have one of those, too, who is asleep on the floor right next to me today. That's right. That photo was taken of me in my recording studio, and uh, I affectionately called our dog the studio manager. <laughs> we greet any musicians and uh, singers that came in, and and they all loved him, so oh, he, he deserved to be in the photo. 
Well, that's perfect. Usually when I'm recording, mine is sleeping on the floor next to me and, and sometimes snoring, so I have to kind of watch the audio volume. But uh, anyway, our, my faithful companion is here with me, and I'm so glad you stopped by for a visit today. Um, I really enjoy the new album. Thank you, Mr. Rogers, and it's a pleasure to get to speak with you about that today. Likewise. Thank you. Well, some of our listeners might not know this, but this new album, Thank You, Mr. Rogers, is kind of a follow-up to your Grammy Award-winning album, Songs from the Neighborhood, which also featured an all-star cast of musical guests. Would you mind sharing about how that first album came about and why 2019 seemed like a good time for a follow-up album? Well, that's a great question. Um, the first album was a, a happy coincidence. I... Uh, as you mentioned, I do a lot of work in children's music, and uh, I happened just to be home, and I had the TV on, and they were still showing reruns of Fred Rogers' show, and uh, I saw him on the screen, and he was singing this beautiful little song, and I was wondering about that song as, as to whether anybody else had ever recorded it besides Fred, uh, and I started researching that, and... Lo and behold, Fred was the only one who actually had a recording of that song. Hmm. And I began to wonder a little bit more about his songwriting. In fact, at that point, I didn't know he he wrote 200 songs that were on his TV show. Hmm. So uh, I started to delve a little bit more into to his musicianship and found that he really was a very gifted songwriter, uh, very knowledgeable about the craft of songwriting, and I looked at his body of work and I said, these songs really deserve to be heard on a larger scale or at least in a different forum. And uh, I started, I don't want to say obsessing, but getting very involved in, in trying to create an album that would feature Fred's songs with new arrangements of them and treating them as if they were any great song from the American songbook. And that... Uh, that's really how it started. It was a, it was a two-year labor of love, uh, because at first I, I felt I, I wanted to have the blessing of the Fred Rogers production team, and at that point Fred had already passed, mm. and Joanne Rogers was still in charge of that, uh, and she had some people working with her, helping her, and I had to convince them that these treasures of Fred's would be in safe hands and it took a while even even with the cred credits that i have in working in the industry it took a little while to to get them comfortable but once that happened we became good friends and i visited pittsburgh and and hung out with them and uh, they came on board and were very supportive and when it was all over uh, i was still a little nervous because nobody had ever heard friends fred's songs done except in the style that Fred had done them. Mm. So uh, I submitted the album to them my, with my knees knocking together, <laughs> and then I got a call from Joanne Rogers, and she said, well, I just heard it, and I love it, and Fred would have loved it. Oh. And, that, and that was really all I needed to hear. Well, that's terrific. And, and you know, you had expressed in a call that we had a couple weeks ago together uh, just how much it means to Joanne that we're kind of keeping his music alive, too, and that you're doing that through this album. Because you're right, I, I don't know that 
a lot of people really think about the songs as much as they do the show, but he was a very prolific writer. So how how significant was that for you personally, just to hear that you really did have Joanne's blessing? Well, it's very significant uh, because, you know, nobody knows Fred's mind and heart like Joanne does. And so um, I wanted to honor Fred and his music and make sure that I was treating it well. And she kind of gave me the official and unofficial go ahead to to do my best at, at doing that. And I, I think that's what we've accomplished in this new album. That's terrific. Well, take us behind the scenes a little bit. How do you go about assembling a roster of artists like you did for this album? Because because there's just an, an amazing group of musicians uh, from all different music genres. I think of everybody from John Cicada to uh, Kelly Pickler, um, Lee Greenwood, um, uh, Tom Hanks's wife, Rita Wilson. Uh, what, what goes into just assembling all these people together? <laughs> Well, you have to take a, a deep breath, and then you have to drink tons of coffee, uh, and then you have to prepare yourself for a mountain of rejection. Um, and I don't mean that uh, in a bad way necessarily. It's just that all these artists have their own schedules, or mm. uh, they're out of town, or they just recorded an album, or they're they're busy with something. So even ones that are interested in doing it uh, are not always available. Um, that's provided you can get to the artist and because all of them have managers and people that answer for them. And sometimes I, I feel that the, the invitation to work on an album such as this maybe doesn't get to the artist the way mm. we hope that it would. Yeah. So you have to get past that, that in fact, I'll tell you something not too many people know, because this just happened a week ago I started pursuing artists, oh my gosh, at least a year and a half ago, and uh, I just got a last-minute message from George Benson's people who said, George would love to do the album. Is it too late? And I said, well, it's too late for this particular album, but let's keep talking and see what else, because you know, when somebody like that comes along and has the heart to do it and wants to do it, I would love to make that happen. Definitely. Well, wouldn't that be amazing? Well, hopefully they'll just be... I mean, there certainly are plenty of songs to choose from with over 200 written by Fred, so maybe we'll just keep doing this again and again. But um, That's true. And and you mentioned the songs. Uh, that That's part of the process, trying to decide what song is best for a particular artist. Hmm. And, uh, and that's... Uh, I try to give the artist ownership in that decision, although I guide them through it so that they don't, they don't have to listen to 200 songs. <laughs> sure. Well, well, let's uh, let's get in with your uh, your producer hat. Put on your producer hat for a minute because uh, I know a lot of our listeners. Um, who are listening to this show today, they may have heard that term producer before, but may not know what all goes in to something like this. And you've shared a bit about assembling the artists and things like that. But what I'd love to know is when a producer is working on a project, and I know you've done so many over the years, there seems to be in many projects kind of a magical moment that happens on certain songs. And I know that those become favorite memories of producers. 
Do you have any favorite moments like that on this recording um, that you can think of that just stand out to you personally? And you go, wow, that's going to be a really special moment on this Thank You, Mr. Rogers project. Well, it, it's it's um, what do I call it? It's it's the chill factor. It's mm-hmm. the goosebump factor when you're uh, it kind of hits you unexpectedly when the either when the band is recording the song and everything's kind of working and it's just the way you envisioned it would be. Then all of a sudden you get a little chill mm-hmm. and it it sounds like I, I would I'm sla- I'm patting myself on the back, but I I don't mean it to sound that way. It just means that. Uh, all the stores are aligning and uh i'm trying to think on this album there were so many of those moments that that did happen yeah um i think uh i think there was a, a big chill moment when vanessa williams was singing many ways to say i love you um uh the of course with each of these artists I, you and i could be on the phone for the next six hours because <laughs> The every every artist getting them in the studio and what happened in the studio and how it came to be is a story unto itself. And uh, uh, if you really want the insider scoop on on this one, uh, Vanessa Williams was originally scheduled to sing. Well, actually, Vanessa Williams came to the the table a little on the late side. We were already out in California working with. Uh, with Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis, and it turns out that they have the same management company as Vanessa Williams. And as I was out in California, I got a call saying Vanessa would love to be on the album, but she only has three days in her schedule uh, coming up to do it in the next three days. And we didn't have a song selected. We didn't have a, a musical track created for her. We didn't even know what key she would sing the song in. Wow. Uh, so on the same trip, serendipitously, I got a call from Sandy Patty, who is a great singer uh, in the Christian world. Mm-hmm. Well, any world, actually, for that. Yeah, true. Uh, I mean, her nickname is The Voice, yeah. and, and rightly so. So um, I got a call from her manager as I was in California, waiting to take a plane to go to Oklahoma City to record with Sandy. And her manager said, Sandy's taken ill. She has this this tooth infection, she can't sing. Mm. So it occurred to me, I wonder if they would be willing to let Vanessa Williams borrow Sandy's song and we can reassign a different song to Sandy. And by the way, this is the short version of this this story. Uh, But let it be said that um, Sandy's people agreed. So two days later, we, we found a, a studio in New York. We got plane tickets, and we used the track that was going to be for Sandy, and we and Vanessa Williams sings sang it. And maybe that's part of the chill factor because it was such a good fit for her. Hmm. I mean, you never know really until somebody tries on a, a, a pair of pants whether they fit or not. But in this case, uh, she started singing that song, and it was just gorgeous. Yeah. So there were. There were several bumps in the road leading to that moment, and there were moments when I didn't think it was going to happen because there was too much to do and there wasn't enough time to do it in. But that that added to the, the just reward of hearing Vanessa Williams do a beautiful rendition of that song. 
How's that for a long-winded answer? No, that's exactly what we're looking for. That's a great story, and she really does do a wonderful job on the album with that. And, you know, someone like you who has worked as a producer with uh, or even a songwriter for so many artists, and we named several of them at the top of our conversation together, um, what is it about Fred Rogers as a songwriter um, that, you know, really makes him stand out to you as someone who maybe has his own uh, unique flair for writing because obviously if you know you're producing somebody like uh, Charlie Daniels band you're going to handle his songs differently than let's say a Fred Rogers song um, because there's just something um, you know different about each artist and what they bring what what is it to you that makes the the writing of Fred as a songwriter so significant well I admire the fact that Fred, although he was writing in a a stage and a, a specific goal of reaching children, but there was a universal, universality about his writing that made some of his life lessons appropriate for adults too, hmm. um, and that which is why, in, in part, I felt that these songs can have a wider audience than. Just people thinking, oh, it's just a song on Fred Rogers' show, so it's for the kids. Mm. Well, no, not really. If you if you listen to uh, many ways to say I love you or please don't think it's funny, uh, yeah. these are messages that we could all learn from. And and from a a musician point of view, I, I think it's not that Fred is underrated. It's just he's people haven't listened closely enough to really get what he's doing. He, um, and that includes me. I, 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 I on the first album, I, I thought, well, these are nice songs. Let's see what we can do with them. But uh, I kind of had an epiphany uh, on this last album. I, I started listening with different ears because I, on the first album, I knew we could we could reimagine them and it would be good. But in this one. I was taking a closer listen to his songs and his craft and just getting blown away by the little turn turns of phrases that he used. It, he really had a, a good sense of lyric and he used tricks of the of the songwriter's craft uh, to accomplish them that only somebody who understood the craft of songwriting can appreciate or or knows what to do. Sure. Um and uh, I, it's kind. Of, I, I'm digressing for a second to make a point, and that's that I play in a Beatles band when I'm not doing this other stuff because I love the Beatles. Nice. And what we, what my bandmates and I have discovered, even in their earlier works, that um, there, when you listen to the recordings, every time you hear something else, that like, oh, what was that? What was that chord? And did you see what they did there? And we. And it's amazing how many times we'll listen to the same song and find something new. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm finding out about Fred's songs. Uh, I'm hearing words go by that had this alliteration that happens two lines down later. And I said, wow, he, he really, that's not a coincidence. He knew exactly what he was doing there. Yeah. 
And and I think that's true. The more that I learn about Fred Rogers, uh, he was very careful and calculated about everything from the scripts of his shows. And it's it's funny to read some of the stories by some of the uh, people who kind of helped write the scripts for the shows with him and how meticulous he was about every single word and, and the way that it needed to be accessible to children. I imagine he took that same approach with his songwriting as well, like you just said. And, uh, and you know, it's interesting. There are some days that uh, you said it. They're for adults, too, that, that I will find myself needing to hear one of his songs. Maybe it's on a melancholy day or, um, you know, needing to be reminded that there are many ways to say I love you or, or you know, even... Um, at night before we go to bed, our one of our bedtime rituals with our son uh, is almost every night we sing "Good Night God" and thank you for this very lovely day. You know, we'll we'll sing that with him at bedtime, and uh, it's sort of become part of our 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 family ritual, I guess, that we do together. I, I wonder if for you, is there any song or maybe even a couple songs that you have personally just really come to love that you find are special to you? Oh, good golly. That's that's like asking me which is my favorite Beatles song. <laughs> it's not an easy question, I know. Uh, I think it's rotating. Um, I, I, I'm just, as we're talking, I'm just glancing at the the song list to, to refresh my memory. And uh, uh, good golly, it's really like trying to choose between your children. Sure. Uh, fun, funny as it may sound... Uh, I'm just really delighting in the the new Spanish lyric to uh, "Won't You Be My Neighbor?" Yeah, um, and the way that John Cicada performs it. I wish, uh, well, there's a short promo of him doing it, and you'll see the power behind his voice, and mm-hmm. everything is sung exuberantly from the heart, and it just it's just amazing to see this, and I. And it, of course, if you didn't know it was uh, a Fred Rogers song, you'd say, "Wow, this is this is a great song for the Latin American community as well as uh, the rest of the world." Sure, and and I'm I'm really glad that you were able to to do that and and this time do it in Spanish with him. And uh, having talked to him for this show, I know that was significant for him uh, to be able to r- record that and and to be the first one that we know of anyway to record that song in Spanish. And I think that captures a lot of what Fred Rogers' show was about as well too, because it was. Um, it was always important to him that, you know, in the different segments of the show, if they went to a, a certain bakery that, say, the owner was Hispanic or if they went to, a, you know, the different characters on the show that um, they represented people from all different cultural backgrounds. And so I think that's that's a wonderful and very important thing that you were able to do on this album. Well, thank you. And I uh, I like the diversity of the album and I I like the eclectic nature of it. I didn't want to, because that's what Fred was doing as well. He was bringing, he was bringing the world to our homes, and uh, the fact that we have such different artists doing things in such different styles, to me, the mark of a, a of a great song is one that can be performed in lots of different styles. And I think I th- I'm I'm on a new kick now. In fact, I haven't even said this to anybody yet, but. <laughs> It just sort of happened over the past few days. I'm on a kick to uh, see if we can get Fred uh, 
and his music into what they refer to as the great American songbook. Yeah. Because uh, it, it deserves to be there as much as uh, Richard Rogers and Gershwin and other people. Yeah. Sure, his style is different, his writing is different, but they're all different. And who could be more of a, an American than America's favorite neighbor? Yeah, definitely. Well, I I applaud that effort for sure. Well, let's I, get your listeners to to join the join the campaign. Join the campaign. That's right. And I, you know what? And our listeners are wonderful. They they interact all the time with me on Twitter, and occasionally I'll get an email. And I know they are going to really love this album. Some of them have already got it and have been posting pictures of it on our uh, Mister Rogers Say uh, Twitter account. So I, I know there's a lot of excitement building, and and I think that would be wonderful because I I think that. Uh, as unassuming as Fred was, and I don't know that he ever sought out really fame or anything like that. In fact, it seems like everything he did um, would have been the opposite of that. But there was something so real and authentic about him that his legacy just continues to last. And I am so grateful for the way that you've helped to continue to capture some of his songs in new ways. Um, before we end our conversation together, is there anything that we haven't talked about today together that you would really like our listeners to know about this new project? Thank you, Mr. Rogers. Oh, my. <laughs> uh I'm not sure what the best answer for that, it, which, which means it must be a great question if I can't answer. Uh, no, I'm just very, um, I'm just delighted to hear that it's been uh, received in in such a positive way, and that people are are with with all that's going on, this rebirth of interest in in Fred Rogers, that they're now getting a a complete picture of who he was and. I would say, if as a songwriter, I understand the mindset of various songwriters, people that I work with, and and when you have a songwriter's heart, it's it's really in your blood, and you can tell from his music how important music was to him. Yeah. Um, so, I I think when we when we think about Fred, I think it's great now that in addition to the, the movies and, and the documentaries and everything else that we uh, keep in mind that not only was he a, a great educator and a kind soul, but all of that comes out in his music. Yes. Yes, definitely. Well, Dennis Scott, thank you for taking some time to visit with us today, and I hope that all of our listeners will go out, if they haven't done so already, and, and grab a copy of Thank You, Mr. Rogers, Music and Memories. Uh, it can also be streamed from their favorite music services as soon as that uh, it becomes available, and you've really created something special here in assembling all these amazing artists, and I, I just want to thank you for helping to preserve the musical legacy of Fred Rogers for generations to come. So, well, I should be thankful. Thanking you because that's what you do, and I uh, appreciate it. And by the way, my my social media guy would be hitting me on the head if I didn't say please when you uh, check out. Thank you, Mr. Rogers. Please do a, a hashtag. Thank you, Mr. Rogers, or an an at sign, whatever whatever they do. <laughs> yes, I believe it is hashtag. Thank you, Mr. Rogers, and uh, and and of course we've uh, talked on my podcast a number of times now. Uh, about the different things that thankyoumrrogers.com has. It's not just music, but they want to hear uh, from listeners who will share memories, and they're even trying to get uh, Mr. Rogers' days uh, around the U.S. to be instated. And, oh, yeah. And so thank, you I, for, 
Thank so, you for reminding me. Uh, oh. Next November, we hope, will be Thank You, Mr. Rogers Month. Yes, and that would be amazing. And so I know a lot of our uh, listeners and people who follow on the Twitter page, they have been really excited about that as well. Call well, your Den- congressman. <laughs> yes, for sure. Call your congressman. Well, Dennis Scott, thank you for stopping by our podcast neighborhood for a visit today. It's an honor. Thank you so much. Es un día precioso en la vecindad Un día muy lindo para la amistad Pudiera contar con tu amistad Podemos ser Spanning over two decades, three Grammy Awards, 20 million albums sold, and starring roles on Broadway, the acclaimed music of John Cicada has resulted in numerous hits in English and Spanish, establishing him as one of the first bilingual artists to have international crossover success. Adored by millions around the world, he's recognized as an international superstar by both fans and peers alike for his soulful and melodic voice. On the new album, Thank You, Mr. Rogers, Music and Memories, Cicada has the unique honor of releasing the first known Spanish version of the song, Won't You Be My Neighbor. Here to talk with us today is our new friend and neighbor, John Cicada. John, welcome to the neighborhood. Thank you very much. It's great to be a part of the, uh, part of the, uh, the show. Well, we are certainly honored to have you here. And I'd love first just to know how you came to be involved with this new project. Well, this is a it's a revisit of a relationship. I guess it started a few years ago when I uh, was first involved with the uh, uh, the uh, my initial participation in the in the in a project that uh, uh, honored uh, the the music of uh, 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 of Mr. Rogers. And um, so it's uh, it's great to be able to at this point reconnect uh, with a uh, with this with this new project. Uh, Kind of tying uh, uh, some of the pieces that maybe uh, we didn't get to in the in the first uh, in the first uh, set of recordings and um, and uh, really keeping a uh, such a legendary figure alive in a, in a way that it should be and so um, it's uh, again once again it's a it's a great honor so 
Well, you know, I, I think all of us have a Mr. Rogers story about the way that he influenced us in some ways or how he affected our life. I, I wonder what your Mr. Rogers story is. Well, for me, I, I, when I first really was aware of, uh, uh, any type of, uh, programming that dealt with, um, educational programming at that level when I first came to this country, I didn't know, I didn't know how to speak English. So I remember early on as a kid, um, kind of seeing, um, Mr. Rogers on television. And even though I didn't know English at the moment, I could still, the, uh, the simplicity and transparency of, uh, of the message was so, uh, uh, was so, uh, honest. This is great. And it's just, uh, at the same time, very real that, uh, that, uh, I could understand and, and could, um, kind of, uh, just kind of go through and see one of the shows and, and, uh, and pick up on so many things that, um, that, uh, in my subconscious was, uh, helping me learn English. And, uh, but I think it dealt with, uh, just, uh, again, the, the clarity of, of how he presented um, any type of uh, subject or any type of topic, and I think that's what made him very, very special. And and music being a part of it, uh, and uh, all those things that this, uh, those are the memories that I have. Well, that's wonderful. And you know, you you just mentioned a moment ago that you didn't speak English when you first came to the country, and that the show was part of that. Did you appreciate when you would watch the show the way that there were uh, there was a lot of diversity on the program, and there were times when he'd go down the street to different places with uh, people who weren't white or people who didn't uh, speak only English, and would have uh, different conversations in that way. Was that a help to you as well? Maybe if I didn't know it at the time, I definitely understood. Now, years later, when you kind of uh, uh, revisit and and uh, and really kind of know more of the history of of what he did in the show and and how he went about kind of connecting the dots with uh, with people, and so that young people would understand uh, the importance of diversity, uh, ethnic uh, uh, ethnic respect, and all those things that I think that would made him special. Yeah, it's now in retrospect. It's um, it's great to be able to to know that that was uh, that's what the, really the show and what he was was all about too. Well, you know, I, I'm interested in hearing your thoughts because you are such a gifted and acclaimed songwriter yourself, and music was so important to Fred, obviously. And there's just a wealth of songs that. I, I think we could revisit and make several more albums of, I'm sure. But I'd love to know what you think we could learn about the the type of music that Fred was was writing, because it was pretty complex music. Well, it, it was, but at the same time, it was uh, the, the the message was so uh, uh, just hit home with 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 young people and young brains, and that's 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 the, that's the main thing. I mean, that's a part of music. How you eventually you want to. Uh, you want to connect and really identify with the audience that, you, that you're trying to get to, and um, and that's what he did. Uh, and uh, and and all the and all the twists and turns of, of all these songs that he would write. And there was uh, there was again there was a a, a lineage there that was a very it was meant to be understood in a ways to 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 make sure that it was clear. Um, that it was relatable and also rememberable that mm. people could understand and, and remember the, what music is supposed to do, which is going to make you, uh, um, make you sing along and, and, um, and have a, uh, a musical understanding of, of, uh, 
of messages and things um, that only uh, only like uh, a songwriter can do, I guess. Yeah. Well, and you know, one thing that I really loved about it too was even though the songs were often aimed at children, because of course it was a children's show. Uh, I mean, John Johnny Costa, the piano player on that show, and just the amazing jazz music that they played. It really wasn't music that was just made for kids. It was it was some really incredible musicianship all throughout that show, and I think that translates well to children. You know, it's it's sort of like the the Charlie Brown cartoons that had all this jazz music in the background that you wouldn't yep. think would be just for kids. But I think that comes through a lot in, in the way that Fred uh, approached writing songs because he loved jazz music so much. But I agree. It was all in there, but uh, uh, consciously, subconsciously, you're, you're, you're being uh, introduced and fed some wonderful music. Um, and uh, in a way that it was, uh, yeah, that you could kind of, kind of, uh, 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 really appreciate it, even though you might you didn't even know what you were listening to or, or understand the complexity of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm excited for you in in this new album because, as far as we know, this is the first Spanish version of "Won't You Be My Neighbor." And I I'm afraid I'm going to say it wrong, but "Podemos ser amigo" because my Spanish yes, is horrible. Did I say it correctly? That was pretty- <laughs> You good, man. Pretty close. Uh, well, well, amigos. Yes, we can. Yeah. <laughs> well, you do a beautiful job with it. Uh, no surprise to anyone that you did a beautiful job with it on the album, but it really does come through. And I, I'd love to know what does it mean to you to to be the first to record "Won't You Be My Neighbor" in Spanish? Well, you know, uh, I look at it the same way. Thank God that I've been able to uh, be very thankful and appreciate so many things in my career that um, that dealt with uh, uh, crossing over. Uh, being raised in a in a community and environment that was very natural for me to uh, to think in two languages and then eventually to make my music um, the same way uh, and um, to adapt songs from English and Spanish and vice versa and uh, so I, I it, it was great and I um, uh, a blessing to be able to uh, to sing such a uh, iconic um, iconic song and. Uh, and uh, make it have life in a, in a, in my my first language and so it was a it was a wonderful uh, uh, wonderful experience attached to again just the, the beauty of of um, of the way that my career thank God the way that that uh, it worked out for me since uh, since I began to do records. Well, we all know that uh, Fred Rogers really was a, a figure of, of kindness in the world, and he showed us a lot of what it meant to be a person of welcome and to care for others. And, and I know that you two have done a lot of good work over the years, and it might be a little more behind the scenes than people sometimes know, but um, I know that in 2016 you were acknowledged as Humanitarian of the Year by the Muhammad Ali Foundation. I wonder, would, would you mind just sharing a little bit with us uh, about what that was like and to be honored that way well it was uh muhammad, muhammad ali uh, he was one of the greatest uh athletes that ever uh, that ever existed uh, at the same time uh, a tremendous example of what it is to be a humanitarian to stand and support the principles that really that you believe in and um mm. and not to be uh, uh swayed in any other way and so uh, it was a tremendous honor, and to be there and be uh, um, uh, be introduced to his family, and uh, it was a wonderful evening. It was a wonderful couple of days uh, um, that we were a part of, and 
So, uh, again, in honor, uh, one of the greatest things really that, uh, that, um, and privileges and, and blessings to be able to be, uh, even mention the, the same breath as his name. <laughs> that, that's amazing. Well, you know, as, as I think too, uh, just about the, the many different things that you've been a part of over the years, you're a singer and, and a producer and you've been on Broadway, but you've also written a book a few years ago that came out about your life. And uh, I was pleased to see uh, that you started making some, some YouTube videos and, and there was one that I had found recently, um, that's, that's kind of about the, the changing social media environment and the ways that we're all really trying to find to adapt to it. Uh, right. But, it, it's a very funny video. I love the song uh, that you put online. Thank and you. Just kind of the way that you're uh, expressing what I think many of us feel. And uh, I, I wonder with, uh, I've, I've asked other guests this on this special, you've done so much. And I wonder, is there anything that you're still um, hoping to try to accomplish through music or, or through any other uh, avenue that you haven't yet uh, kind of gotten into yet, but you're hoping to in the coming days? Just uh, well, at, at this point, I'm I'm just in, thank God that I'm still enjoying what I do, and then keep working with them, um, with the uh, so many ever-changing trends, especially uh, uh, the social media and um, and the power of it, the significance, uh, and as a as a recording artist, as a, as a public figure, that's uh, that's something that um, is a big uh, needless to say is it's uh, a big uh, big deal, especially if you come from a from a world and a and from a time that maybe it didn't exist, so uh, it's it's um, it's a work in progress. Learning um, and working with um, really the biggest challenge for me is embracing it, mm-hmm. working with it, because that that's how um, that's what um, that's how we listen to music. That's how well, generationally we have to uh, work with in terms of uh, connecting with people, music, how they listen, people listen to it, how they buy it, how they kind of just are in touch with what they everything with their lives and so um that's uh, for me i guess that's really the um the biggest uh connection of uh moving forward still loving what i do though in the end thank god of uh, writing songs performing live um uh, some of those things will never change uh for as long as i live just uh, enjoying the process of of uh of creating uh creating new music but um Definitely embracing the way that we connect with people. Yeah. Well, I hope there'll be a lot more great music to come. We've appreciated the, the work you've done over the years, and uh, and I know that you've got a lot more in you, and so we're we're excited about what's ahead in the coming days. I I want to point all of our listeners to John Cicada. Dot com where you can find out much more about John Cicada and uh, and I'm really excited about this new album and all of the wonderful artists that are on it and and you are one of the top on the album for sure and I want to thank you for spending a few moments in our podcast neighborhood today and stopping by for a visit my pleasure Rick and uh, looking forward to uh you know to the process of um of uh, the project being out there and letting people know about it. So that'd be great. Sure thing. Well, it's been a real pleasure, and I hope we can do this again sometime. Take care. Sounds good, man. Thank you. Some things I don't understand 
things are scary and sad Sometimes I even get bad when I'm mad Sometimes I even get glad Why does a dog have to bark? Why does an elephant die? Why can't we play all the time in the park? Why can't my pussy cat fly? Why, 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 why? I wonder why. Why, 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 why? I wonder why. Well, everyone knows Tom Bergeron as a favorite television personality, spokesperson, and a funny man. As host of Hollywood Squares, America's Funniest Home Videos, and currently Dancing with the Stars, Tom is one of the most recognizable faces in broadcasting. Along with his many accomplishments, Tom is also a two-time Emmy Award winner. What might surprise you about Tom is that he also loves to sing, and he shows off his musical chops on the new album, Thank You, Mr. Rogers, Music and Memories, a tribute album to the musical legacy of Fred Rogers, featuring some of the most talented people in the music business. Tom Bergeron, welcome to the neighborhood. Well, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Tom, it's great to have a few minutes to visit with you today, and I would just first love to know how you became uh, involved with this project, this new album, Thank You, Mr. Rogers. Well, it, it, it took a somewhat circuitous route, actually, to get me to the point where I was singing and whistling on the, on the album. The original idea was to have the album of music, and then almost as a, a, a sidebar to that, a little documentary, sort of a making of uh, piece that I agreed to host. And when so many artists wanted to be part of the, the musical album, uh, Dennis Scott, the producer, decided to turn the focus solely on that, and he just sort of uh, emailed me and said, do you happen to sing? And I've done musical theater and things like that in my past, and I was in the parking lot of a, of a grocery store when I read that email. I thought, yeah, I should, I should send him something. So I brought up some Mr. Rogers lyrics on my iPhone and sang them a cappella into my voice memo, and sent that to him, and he liked it enough to offer me three options. The song I chose was a lovely song called uh, Some Things I Don't Understand. And then my wife had suggested, because she knows how much I love to whistle and sort of jazz whistle, that I suggest I add that to the track. And uh, uh, I, I suggested it to Dennis. He, he said, all right, give it a go. And it turned out to, to be part of it now. <laughs> That's terrific, and and as they say about you, they say you you did your whistling with an expertise that would put the Andy Griffith theme to shame. Well, that uh, that was uh, high flattery, and funnily enough, on my Instagram page, because I had posted a bit of me improv whistling to the title track of the album, which I did in addition to the song I did, and uh, somebody suggested I I try the Andy Griffith Show theme, so. In my dressing room at Dancing with the Stars, I just uh, recorded that as well and put that up. <laughs> That's terrific. What a great story to share. Well, I wanted to ask you about the song, Some Things I Don't Understand, because originally it was performed on an episode that had to do with the death of a goldfish on the Mr. Right. Rogers Neighborhood Show. Right. And in that time, it was kind of a song that was trying to help children, but I think really any of us now deal with our different emotions, whether it be happiness or sadness or even confusion. And it takes a much more... 
um, I, I guess, downbeat feel on the show. But tell me about the choice to make this really kind of a, a snappy, happy jazz song. Well, that was uh, that was sort of a collaboration. Dennis's instinct, I think, was spot on. Um, I I didn't realize the original uh, airing of it was, you know, sort of as you say, a very somber uh, song. I think it was at the end of one of the Mister Rogers Neighborhood shows, going back to the early '70s, mm-hmm. and it was about loss and dealing with all the things in life that are tough to understand, especially from a child's perspective. So. Um, when I the first take that I did, I did it more like me doing it sort of as an ironic kind of thing and and Dennis said, "No, why don't we try it just sincere and and keep the sort of jazzy lilt to it and uh, and I wanted to make sure we kept all of his original lyrics uh, and didn't try updating anything like that. So uh, that second pass through, even though it's a jazzier version than certainly Fred's was uh, in its original presentation, I think serves the whole idea of it uh, pretty well. Yeah. Well, you did a great job, and you, you felt like a natural. Have you done much singing in your past before? You know, uh, I had I was part of a, a, a musical trio in the years uh, just after high school and then did some musical theater and things like that. In my radio days, I would occasionally... Uh, record a parody song of uh, I know when the song Betty Davis Eyes was oh, right. was really big. I did a version of it called Marty Feldman Eyes, which was an <laughs> anthem about caffeine addiction. <laughs> and uh, you can you can hear that if you go to TomBergeron.com, you can actually hear that from nineteen. God, I think it was nineteen eighty one or eighty two that I recorded that. Oh, that's terrific. Well, I would love to know, what did Fred Rogers mean to you? And I guess maybe as you think back now over the years, um, what what do you think of when you think of Fred Rogers and sort of what he means to you? Well, I think I think the, the thing that resonates so much uh, from Fred's personality, I think that's why the documentary was so big uh, last year and why I I'm so looking forward to seeing what Tom Hanks does in the movie coming out in December, playing Mr. Rogers. But I think it it speaks to our better angels, his personality. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that uh, that sense of of caring and empathy and being uh, able to be bigger than just yourself, and doing it all in that sort of gentle demeanor that uh, I try and fail to replicate most days. <laughs> um, I think all of that just uh, shows us. Uh, that, that we can be um, better than sometimes we we think we can be, and and he did it with amazing consistency over you know just uh, several decades, and and wrote all of the songs on this album are just sort of the tip of the iceberg yeah. of the over two hundred that he wrote over the course of doing Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. That's amazing. I, I maybe they'll do a follow up one of these days and invite you back to do another Fred song. That would be I'd, great. Too. I'd be happy to do it. And this actually is a follow up to Dennis's original uh, song. Um, I mean, album which won a Grammy, which had a similar uh, type of thing where different artists covered Mister Rogers' tune. So, so he's he's got a good thing going with uh-huh. both. Well, we are so happy for him, and and it's great to. He's also on this episode that we're going to be airing, so I'm very excited to be able to talk oh, to him some more too. Yeah. 
You know, I think that all of us who have watched you, Tom, over the years on television, we think of you as a very warm and kind person who really creates a feeling of welcome on the shows that you've hosted over the years. And Fred Rogers was also, of course, a very kind television personality. And he gave us a sense that everyone was welcome when he was on the screen. I wonder, did you ever have the opportunity to spend any time with Fred at all? Because I feel like you would be kindred spirits. Oh, thanks. Um, not a lot of time. I did meet him once when I was working in Boston television uh, at the NBC affiliate in Boston years ago, and he was there doing um, doing some interviews uh, with the, the evening newscast. And So I got to just chat with him briefly, but even in that brief interaction, it was obvious that uh, he, he was the genuine article. It wasn't like he was putting on a uh, a role to play Mr. Rogers on television. That's that's really who he was. Hmm. That's that's amazing, and I, I really think it's a very special thing that you had a chance to interact with him, too. That's going to be a memory that I'm sure you'll hold on to for the rest oh, yeah. of your life. Absolutely. Um, did you learn anything about Fred Rogers in the course of making this album that you didn't know or that surprised you? Um. Not so much in the making of the album. In watching the documentary, I learned a lot about him. I, I, the one thing I learned in making the album was that he wrote all of the songs. Um, but the, I think the documentary also uh, touches on uh, his his background, his uh, just his incredible care and nurturing of the show uh, over the years, how it adapted to the times, and yet uh, was always consistently Fred. So uh, I would recommend anybody, in addition to getting the album, uh, check out that documentary. Hmm. Well, you know, from what I can see, you are definitely one of the hardest working people in show business. It seems like you're all over the place, and you're an actor and an author, a host, and, and a singer now. And I, <laughs> I wonder, well, and, and I've even heard there was some miming in your past, but... Yes, uh, there was, which <laughs> it's hard to do, uh, hard to do in an audio interview, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's right. Well, I'm just curious. Are are there still any challenges that you would like to tackle in show business that that you haven't yet? You know, I'm uh, nothing specific comes to mind, but I think this project, the Thank You, Mr. Rogers album, is a real uh, kind of indication that uh, at this point, having hosted various formats for years. I'm more interested in surprising people coming sort of out of left field, you know, people who sure. didn't know I could uh, sing. I hope enjoy uh, my contribution to this uh, album. Well, and it, you you did a great job, as we said before, and I think it's a really interesting choice that they put you on the album, not just because of uh, who you are as a TV personality, but it seems like you have done a, a fair amount of sort of cultivating an appreciation and of sort of old Hollywood, things like, you know, your call uh, that you talk about with Larry and Moe of the Three Stooges is right. just, you know, right. just legendary, you know. It's a great story, and I want to point all of our listeners, if you haven't heard Tom tell this story, you can find it online at places like his website. Um, but I think it's entirely appropriate that someone like you is helping to really cultivate uh, the legacy of of Fred Rogers, who is also such a an amazing TV personality, I I wonder what you personally think Fred's greatest contribution to television was. I think the the power of gentleness, really, 
when, when you think about it, I mean, what, what he was able to do, the subjects he was able to address um, just were amazing. I mean, just, uh, and he did it always with that gentle spirit, but also a gentle, brave spirit. Because he was he was addressing things like racial inequality and and uh, violence in 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 our society, and doing it all in a way that 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 kids could understand, and I think that adults could take some comfort from. Oh yes, definitely. I, and I really don't think there's anything quite like him uh, in television anymore. There are several good things that he's left behind, but he was just such a unique person and such a unique personality on the airways. Uh, but yeah, he, he was just such a, a comfort as you had said when, when you would turn on the TV and it was like an old friend that was welcoming you in with just consistency time and time yeah, again. Absolutely. Well, Tom, this has been so nice to get to just hear a little bit of your perspective on the making of this album and sort of behind the scenes. And I think if Fred were still with us today, and I sure wish he was, but I think he would tell you how proud he is of you. And I think that so many of us are proud of you as well. Uh, you're doing great work in the television world and, and all over now, even in music. And I appreciate you taking some time to, to visit today here in the podcast neighborhood. Well, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me, and and I encourage everybody to to take a listen to the album and and remind themselves why uh, we need a Fred Rogers nowadays. <laughs> well, thank you so much for stopping by for a visit today, Tom Bergeron. Take care. Never go down the drain. You can never go down, never go down, never go down the drain. You can never go down, never go down, never go down the drain. You can never go down, never go down, never go down the drain. What can't you do? You can never go down the drain. Jackie Velasquez is a multi-platinum selling. Grammy-nominated artist who has recorded albums in English and Spanish and performed on stages around the world. From her debut at age 16, she has leaned full throttle into her God-given gifts, racking up 16 number one hits, penning three books, acting in seven films, gracing 50 magazine covers, and launching a non-profit clothing line. On the new album, Thank You, Mr. Rogers, she does an amazing job covering the Fred Rogers song, You Can Never Go Down the Drain, and she's here today for a visit. Jackie Velasquez, welcome to the neighborhood. Hello. Thank you so much for welcoming me to the neighborhood. I'm excited well, to be with you. <laughs> well, we're excited to have you, and I'm so glad that you were able to take a few minutes today, and I'd love to know as we begin just a, a bit more about how you came to be involved with this very special album. Okay, so this is going to sound funny. Um, Mr. Dennis Scott, who is the producer for this album, his wife is, um, she works at my son's school. So I have actually seen her at the front of the school since my oldest son was in kindergarten. So that was, you know, he's in sixth grade. So wow. now, and so since kindergarten, I have, um, I've had memories of Miss, Miss Lori is her name. So, one day I walked in to the office to go take my kids lunch or something. And she said, Hey, Jackie, 
my husband was saying something about wanting to have you on a project. And she, and I said, oh, really? And she goes, yes. And so I told him, Dennis, I know Jackie. And <laughs> and he goes, no, you know Jackie? She, he goes, yes. She goes, yes. Our kids, her kids go to uh, go to our school. And he goes, oh, oh, great. Will you ask her if she'll be on the project? <laughs> and that's how it came to be, um, just by way of my children. And isn't that just perfectly planned yes. because of the record that I got to be involved in being all, all about children, Mr. Rogers, all about children. So my involvement came by way of children. <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to say that's that actually is the perfect way, being that children yeah. are really what this is all about. I love how organically it just happened, and, and uh, it seems, seems like a, maybe a little bit of a God thing in there, too, that you were able oh, to be brought I, together like that. For sure, that's so. a God thing, without a doubt. <laughs> well, you know, everyone seems to have a different story of, of how Fred Rogers has had an effect on them in some way. And and I wonder, did you grow up watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Okay, what's funny to me was this. Um, I always looked forward to... Okay, well, this is going to sound bad, but it's a good thing. <laughs> I used to look forward to being sick and having to stay home from school. <laughs> <laughs> Because I used to be able to watch Mr. Rogers. Welcome oh. to the neighborhood. I mean, Mr. Well, you know, yeah. Mr. Rogers. But I'm just telling you, he, uh, the effect that he's had on so many people's lives and on just, and he continues to have that effect. Yeah. Because, um, of his incredible talent, but his heart more than anything. His heart for, teaching kindness and goodness. I mean, that is just like, ah, oh, it makes me tear up thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. But um, I, I have a mem- another memory. Um, one of my aunts, my mother's sister, her, her and her children had a, a really kind of tough life, kind of dealt with some abuse. And, um, and I remember at one point, somebody asked my cousins, they're much older now, they asked him when they were little, they said, um, what do you dream of? What do you wish for? What do you hope for? Mm-hmm. And all three of my cousins wished and hoped that their dad was Mr. Rogers. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is pretty intense. Really, yeah, yeah. That's a powerful yeah. thing. And well, you know, I, I run this uh, Twitter account called uh, at Mr. Rogers Say where I just put up quotes from Fred Rogers. And I can tell you, um, we, we have like, I, I forget, I think it's around 44,000 people that follow that. And each day almost, I, I will get a message from someone with a very similar story to that. It, it may not be that they wanted Fred Rogers as their dad, but just needing him and, and they were were times that they were helped through because of him and, and times that, of darkness that he really was a, a great source of light for those. So I love hearing stories like that. And his heart really was for children. And I know part of the reason that Fred wrote the song that you recorded, You Can Never Go Down the Drain, was because he wanted to calm the fears of children. Uh, about Really? Things. Yeah, because um, he, he, he thought that things that could seem very trivial or, or not serious at all to adults – 
were, were really truly scary to children. And uh, I think he actually cited um, maybe a cartoon where somebody had pulled a plug in a drain and, you know, and everything went down the drain. So ah. e- even the song that, that you recorded was sort of his way of reaching out to children and, and letting them know you don't have to be scared of going down the drain. So so, oh. my, so my question for you pertaining to that, I just wonder, I know I had things that as a child scared me that I would look at now and think, well, that's not rational. But is, is there any sort of childhood memory like that for you that as a, as a kid, you remember being like, wow, that was a real fear. And now it just seems silly. But, but, you know, Mr. Rogers took those things seriously. Uh, for me, my biggest, my biggest fear as a child was probably sleeping by myself. So I, so sleeping alone and being in the dark, of course. Mm. So I used to sneak into my parents' bed. And, I, and then they would pick me up and take me back to my bed. And then I would get out of bed, go back in my parents' bed. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was like for a lot of years. Um, yeah. But that used to scare me. But um, I didn't know that that was the story behind the song. That is so amazing. Yeah, it's wow. it's pretty cool. He, he was just so intentional about everything he did. And he really... I think that he never forgot what it was like to be a child, you know, and I think a lot of us do yeah. as we grow up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really a, a special story. And you, you did a very cool rendition and I do want to talk about sort of the arrangement of this. Um, you know, the original version of you can never go down the drain. I guess I, I would almost maybe call it like a children's march, you know, cause it was yeah, like, you totally. can never go down, you know, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was but, like a march. Yeah, but you and Dennis, you really put your personal stamp on this, and it's really just this very fun kind of upbeat pop Latino feel. Tell, tell me about just sort of the <laughs> the making of it because it's a really neat fun feel to it. Well, of course, Mr. Dennis, he he uh, he did a fantastic job. He 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 sent me like a batch of songs. He goes, let's go through these, find one that you like. So hmm. when I came across. You can never go down the drain. I was like, huh. I was like, this is fun. <laughs> I said, I'll, because I guess to a degree, like I was thinking for my boys when I was potty training them, you know, they used to get kind of scared of, of the potty. Yeah. But I, I don't think I even realized that it could have been that they were scared of, you know, going down yeah. in the potty. So maybe subconsciously that was part of the reason for the song for me choosing the song yeah. i don't understand i don't i don't even realize it but i didn't realize it if you will but um but i chose the song just because i was like this is kind of different from what mm. he typically does so um so mr i told mr dennis the song that i, I would like to do and so then he sent me, I guess because my last name is Velasquez, he was like, well, it's got to be Latin. <laughs> so he so he sent me the track and he was like, do you like it? I was like, I love it. Let's do it. Yeah. So we did. Yeah. Well, it, it's got a great, um, it, it's so upbeat. It's one of those. And, and it really is, I think it's number two on the CD um, for those people that still use CDs in their cars like I do. Um, but it, it, has, <laughs> it, it has passed the, um, it has passed the six-year-old test in, in my car because I have a six-year-old that will listen to things, especially on the way to school. And, uh, and, and last night we were on the way to his, his basketball practice and his comment was, Oh, I love this song. And, you know, as I was putting it in. So, oh, so you, that's you, awesome. you have at least passed not only the, the, my test of being a good song and arrangement, but my son's and, and children are often the hardest to please when it comes to that. Oh, so. for sure. 
<laughs> but they're the only ones we should try to be pleasing, if that's, you will. That's true. And and the fact that that it does connect, and that was one thing that was so wonderful about Fred, was the way that he could connect with children and adults both. And For I sure. Really, I love the way that people like you have, have really joined your voices and your talents on this album to preserve Mr. Rogers' songs, because I think most people don't realize maybe that he wrote over 200 songs in his life. Isn't that crazy? And how talented and and what an ear he had for music. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty incredible. And, wow. and, some, and some of it, I mean, you would know as a songwriter yourself, I mean, some of it technically is, is very difficult, you know, music to, to yeah, play. Yeah, it's jazz. Yeah. Like a lot of the stuff that, well, most of the stuff that he had, had written it's all jazz inflections and jazz cording. Mm-hmm. So that is like, that's pretty, pretty intricate. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you can't just pull somebody off the street and, hey, play this. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's pretty intricate. So. And, and to be that way, to be, again, if you're playing it very technical, but simple enough that you could remember the tunes and then for children to sing along. It's, it's just really a, a cool thing. He had quite it a is gift. So, that doesn't happen. No. You know what I mean? Typically, jazz, you know, styled music is not friendly to the ear. I mean, not, not, not friendly to the ear, not friendly to the, if you're not a musician's ear. Yeah. It's hard to understand, but the way that he was able to break it down and turn it into, and into like, you know, children's songs that sing, kid, yeah, kids could sing along. And like those, those um, messages could get planted in their hearts and in their minds. It's just incredible. Definitely. Well, you know, you're, you're such a, a great songwriter and singer yourself, and you've become an actress over the years and an author of books, and you even have your own clothing line. I'm just wondering, uh, what's next on the horizon for you? Do you have any uh, projects in the works uh, right now that we can look forward to? Well, I have a book that just came out called oh, When God Rescripts Your Life. Um, it's, it's, it's part like taking stories of, of my life, mm-hmm. but always leading back to the word of God mm. and kind of flipping the script so people can take a look at what God is trying to show them through, you know, through bits of my story. So then, and our oldest son is autistic. So, um, there's a lot of, uh, rescripting in my life that God has done there. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, I'm working on some new music coming up pretty soon. So I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, but the, but the book is kind of my focus right now because it just came out like two weeks ago or a week and a half ago. So congratulations. Yeah. Well, that's, that's terrific. We're going to have to check that out. And, uh, it it sounds like a wonderful book with some great stories in it. So I'm, I'm very interested in finding out more for sure. Well, thank you. Jackie Velasquez, it has been a joy to visit with you this morning for a few minutes, and I just want to thank you for dropping by our podcast neighborhood today. Thank you so much for having me here. Turns into night, and you're waiting.
the night turns into day and you still are far away I think of you I think of you even when I am not here we can still be so Greenwood is undeniably an icon of country music, with more than 30 albums, 7 number one songs, 25 charted singles, and a platinum record to his credit. Lee has won numerous industry artist awards, including Male Vocalist of the Year from both the Academy of Country Music and the Country Music Association. He's also won the CMA's Song of the Year for writing God Bless the USA, the most recognizable patriotic song in America, featured in film, TV, and covered by numerous artists, including Beyonce. On the new album, Thank You, Mr. Rogers, Music and Memories, Lee shows both his singing and saxophone chops on Fred Rogers' heartfelt love song, When the Day Turns Into Night. We're honored that Lee has stopped by for a visit today. Lee Greenwood, welcome to the neighborhood. And thank you for that great introduction. <laughs> it's my pleasure. It's good to have you today. And as we begin, I'd love to first just know, how did you come to be involved with this great project? Thank you, Mr. Rogers. Well, I knew that there was a uh, movie to be made, and there was already one CD that had been featured with other artists singing the songs from his famous television show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, which we all watched as as uh, as kids, and I, I won't say kids, but when we had kids, mm -hmm. um, and 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 you just kind of you settled down. It's just, it was a very easy show, very soft, and all the music really lent itself well to nurturing um, young kids. And and so we encouraged our children to watch it, and uh, and we all kind of just hummed along with the music. And when it became obvious that you were making a uh, another CD and then a movie coming out in November 2019. We were certainly interested, and mm. I was thrilled that I was invited to sing one of the songs. Wow, that's amazing. Well, I'm so glad you did. It's a beautiful rendition of his song. And, you know, so far everyone who I have talked to on this project has their own Fred Rogers story of a way that he had an impact on them in some way. I wonder, do you have your own Fred Rogers story of kind of what he has meant to you? Well, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, and, and certainly Fred Rogers, I mean, it was an interesting time for us because I was really... Um, touring heavily. I mean, we're probably 300 days a year on the road. And when I would get a chance to be home with our kids who were very young, I opened my own theater in 1996 when our son, our first son was only a year old. Mm. So it was a time when we could all settle by the TV for just a moment together as, as, as a family. Our second son was born while we were at the theater and we closed in 2000. And then of course the attack on America, which which just spread fear among everybody. And so you go back and think about those days when you would just get in front of the television, and uh, and we don't do that much anymore. We download uh, movies, and and we go to movies and things, but 
That was just an interesting time when I think the world was a little more naive. Certainly Americans were a little more naive about mm. life. And we certainly needed the message that he delivered, and that is that uh, peace, get along with everybody, and have a simple, simple approach to life. Don't be so complicated. So that was, uh, that was my favorite way to connect, I think, with not only just my children, but uh, keep me kind of level as I was touring so heavily and in the midst of the target. Hmm. Well, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that with us today. You know, I, I just spoke with Dennis Scott a couple of days ago, and we've been emailing back and forth some. And for listeners, uh, Dennis is the producer of this album. And he said to make sure first to tell you hello, but also to make sure that we talked about your amazing saxophone playing on this song. And I, I wonder, how long have you been uh, playing saxophone? I started on piano first when I was probably 9 or 10 uh, my mother was a piano player in the 40s, so we had a little spinet piano in our trailer, mm. which she never played anymore. So I could I could play it and just kind of get familiar with the notes. And I think there was a period there, right, right around I was 10 or 11 years old, and um, I just I needed something more than that instrument to express myself. And so my mother just made the choice to bring me a saxophone. I don't know why. Could have been wow. a clarinet, flute, or a trumpet, which I ended up playing later. But mm. uh, I took to the saxophone like a duck takes to water. And wow. I, I just, uh, it was so instant, uh, the relationship between me and the horn. And, uh, and I guess that it's that way with many musicians who find the instrument of their choice and then they become virtuosos. Yeah. I never was that, but I used my saxophone as a commercial instrument and it also expressed my personality and my soul. And a lot of people don't even know that I play saxophone because I've had such a celebrated career as a singer and a writer. Sure. But it's always fun to do it in my shows, and, and, and it was fun to do it on this album. And I know I made this suggestion in the studio, and, and uh, Dennis was like, you play saxophone? Yeah. <laughs> and that was kind of, that was the awakening, you know, at that moment. And then when I started playing in the studio, I think people were just kind of surprised that I played that well. Well, and, and you know, it, it was a surprise to me as well. I had just found out about it, and I knew that you were an instrumentalist on several other instruments, but had no idea until I heard this song. But really, it fits so well because Fred Rogers was such a, a fan of so many styles of music, and especially on the show, I remember a number of times he would bring in uh, players of different sorts of woodwinds or brass that would come in at different times, and, and I think it fits so well with this song. And it's such a, a unique song, really. I, I know from tinkering around with it on the piano at home um, that the verses are, you know, they're kind of based around this one chord moving into a flat four chord progression. And then, like, I guess it's the bridge or maybe the chorus. I mean, it moves into some other, you know, into like a minor five, then back to a minor third. And it's it's not your usual um, song. And, and Fred was uh, so, you know... Uh, children-minded when it came to the lyrics of the songs, but really there was a complex musicality uh, about him, wasn't there? Oh, absolutely. And, and you can go two ways when you write a song. You can write something that's kind of sing-along, and everybody can just, they grasp it immediately. They understand what the chorus is. It's kind of sing-along, and everybody uh, can easily sing the melody. And that's kind of right, the way I wrote God Bless USA. It's mm -hmm. based on thirds and fifths. And people just, it goes immediately to the ear. It's easy to sing, even if you're not a singer. Mm -hmm. With this particular song, When Day Turns to Night, 
the uniqueness of it is what made people pay attention to it yeah. and, and, and drawn to it. And, and to tell you, this is a little challenging mm-hmm. at first to get my ear to adjust to those changes. They were a little, they were a little odd, and, uh, but, but it's, it goes so slow. And it, it is musical if you just kind of figure it out. It's mm-hmm. mathematical, but it's musical. And uh, and then you've got to train your voice to sing those those intervals. Yeah. So it was kind of fun doing that. I, I bet it was. And really, it turned out so well. I've been telling people that I think of all the songs on the album that this is the most moving song. And, and it's very rare that I will hear a cover of a song and think that was maybe better than the original but i really do feel like this one has added something uh more to the original so you, you did a great job on it i i would i would love to get your reaction to something and i don't know if you've heard this before but joanne rogers fred rogers widow um she actually wrote something very nice about this song and i wanted to read it to you and just get your reaction to it if you haven't heard it before um she says this about this song when the day turns into night and you're way beyond my sight i think of you one of my treasures is a photo of a sunset that fred sent to me with those words from one of his songs on a little note that he put on the back fred had taken that photo when he was in nantucket without me for a bit he loved being on the other side of the camera taking pictures that photo and those few words have carried me through a lot of these days in fact i've put the photo in a frame and I set that note in a corner right in front. Even though he's way beyond my sight, I'm still being nourished by his words. It's such a comfort to know that others are too. I just wonder what your reaction is to knowing what this song in particular means to Joanne. Well, it's certainly a heartfelt message, and I know that he meant that from his heart uh, in order to comfort her while he was away. Um, I'm away a lot, mm. you know, and then sometimes I search for things to tell my wife while I'm gone, uh, beyond the I love you and I miss you, uh, you know, I need you in my life and I hope you're doing okay, how's your health, how's your day, something that's a little bit more, you know, and th- this was such a pretty phrase uh, mm-hmm. because when we get, to, when we get home, at, at, generally people who work nine to five jobs and they get home, the comfort of their house and knowing they're going to be in their same bed every single night is, uh, is security. And I think when we are away and we can't be secure for our mate or even let us feel secure about being home in our own bed, I think there's a certain um, longing uh, to say the right thing to someone else to let them know you would rather be there than gone. Hmm. And that, that was put so well when day turns to night. I, I have a song I've written that has that phrase in it very similar, um, when night turns to day and day turns to night. It's, it's just a, a phrase. But... Uh, but it's certainly said well, and I'm glad that she cling to that for security. Yeah, that's great. Well, I know she's, if she hasn't heard it yet, I know she's going to just love your rendition of it as well. And, and you know, I read somewhere that you had a grandmother, Lee, that uh, said a very Fred Rogers type thing to you when you were 12 or 13 years old. And she said, if if you ever get to be known for something... Make sure it's something that you're proud of. And, you know, I hear words like that, and I think that sounds very much like something Fred said through the television set again and again. It's so important to find something you feel good about doing and to be proud of it. And it really does make a difference in the life of a young person, doesn't it, to receive consistent messages like that from those people who have moral authority in our lives. Yeah, I don't know where you heard that quote, but it is correct. Um, Both my grandparents were guiders. I mean, they, they kind of, 
you know, with a young boy who's really hyper, and I was, it, it's hard to uh, say no, or it's hard to say you can't do this or shouldn't do that, or, or, or try to give them lessons of life, but you do try to channel their energy and try to point them in the right direction. And I think that was uh, one of the greatest pieces of advice I ever got, because I never settled for mediocrity. I mean, I was always driven, and I had a passion, but sometimes, you know, it's easy to sell out when, when you're about the end of your energy. And you say, well, I, I, I can do better the next time, but I'm going to let this one go. I never did that. And I think those words from my grandmother were encouraging and kept me on the right track. Yeah, that's terrific. Thank God for, for good grandmothers like that. Oh, well, yeah. well, I want to say congratulations to you because I know that just a few days ago it was announced that you're being appointed to the John F. Kennedy Center Board of Trustees. And uh, I just, first of all, just that's that's quite an honor. So congratulations, sir. And we're all very proud of you in that. Um, well, thank you. Um, President Bush, as 43, appointed me to the NEA, the National Endowment of the Arts Council, and I'm still there. This appointment is more about guiding the arts at the Kennedy Center, which is the most prestige performance venue in the United States. Sure. And if you're performing at the Kennedy Center for the Kennedy Honors, you, you have been invited to one of the most prestigious halls to, to play, and, and you will draw the audience who wants to see how really good you are. So yeah. as we guide the Kennedy Center and I become one of the trustees, it'll be an honor to be um, on the same board with uh, the first lady who is the chair well congratulations we we sure are proud of you in that for sure thank you well we're almost done today but you know you've had an amazing career as a singer and a songwriter and an author and you're, you're even uh, an actor a bit in a tv and, and and some movie roles and i just wonder what is next for lee greenwood um I have about three more years to tour as an artist, and then I will um, conclude that part of my entertainment life. Uh, I may settle back into writing more and certainly doing personal appearances, but I think as far as my touring schedule, that will cut back. Then um, I have a new 20-song CD that I've outlived the copyrights at my publisher, Universal. Hmm. And so uh, this 20-song CD will have all my originals that I really like, and some have been pre-recorded. Uh, but I've re-recorded them, and then 10 songs I think nobody's ever heard that I like that I've written. So it'll be an interesting release to show different sides of my musical background, because it's not just country. And I think people then would go, oh, I didn't know you liked that kind of music. you know. So mm -hmm. uh, that's that's first on the horizon. Of course, I'm, I am writing more, but I'm, I'm also launching a new website comes out uh, this week as a matter of fact oh, terrific and and lots of personal appearances that are kind of fun i was just at the volunteer game in uh, knoxville where we support the university of tennessee and it was the 150 year of the pride of the southland band and i sang with 1100 musicians on the field that was the the normal band which is almost 300 strong and then 800 other players it was just, it was pretty awesome um and then i sang for the president the other night at one of his rallies and that's pretty cool because i walk out singing god bless usa which is walk-on song and when people see me sing it live it's kind of an, a nice little diamond um and then um i'm at the predators uh, smashville game coming up uh, we also have a, a charity that i support out of houston called helpingahero.org and we build homes for wounded warriors and i'm doing a benefit for um, seats for soldiers for american airlines it's a tribute to them uh, who are in San Antonio and wounded, and they bring them to Dallas and, sh and uh, let them sit and watch a, D a Mavericks basketball game. I will do that this week and sing at the game as well. So just a few things that are coming up 
and then of course just take care of my family. Well, that is terrific. And as you said, when we first picked up the phone together that you are covered up, I can definitely hear that you are. So <laughs> so we, I just want to thank you again for, for taking a few minutes to be here today. We love the new track, the new album. Thank you, Mr. Rogers, is terrific. And I just want to thank you again for stopping by our podcast neighborhood today for a visit. You're welcome. I look forward to the movie coming out in November. When the day turns into night Well, that is it for our very special episode of Welcome to the Neighborhood. I hope you enjoyed every artist that we had on the show today. I really had a great time meeting all these people. It was a lot of work to get us all connected and to get the show edited properly, but I think it was worth it. And I hope all of you will get a copy of Thank You, Mr. Rogers, Music and Memories. You can go to thankyoumrrogers.com and not just get music, but you can also find out how you can be a part of helping to create a Mr. Rogers Day next year in your state. There are easy links for you to go to where you can find out how to help with that, and I hope you will do that. Please, if you have a chance, make sure and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts through. That helps our visibility. I was happy to find out that we were up into the top 100 podcasts last week on iTunes, and uh, that's just due to great listeners like you who have been listening, and the more reviews we get, the more visibility we have. So thank you so much for listening to Welcome to the neighborhood. I appreciate you and I have been your host Rick Lee James. Our Mr. Rogers Quotes Twitter account is at Mr. Rogers Say. My personal Twitter account is at Rick Lee James. My website is rickleejames.com and my other podcast is Voices in My Head, the Rick Lee James podcast and I look forward to being with you again next time. Until then, you make each day a special day. You know how? By just your being you. There's only one person in the whole world like you, and people can like you exactly as you are. Even when I'm far away, I always think of you. When the day turns into night, 